I mean, Khan O'Neill was a gift. Like, he's just... Khan O'Neill is a gift! <laughs> Khan O'Neill is a gift. I loved him from the first moment he hit the screen the first time I watched it. Um, I think there's something to be said about, like, the first, like, actual moment that I loved him was his delivery of Izzy in response to Iggy. Um, <laughs> like, I think there was something about it that I was like, you're the human in the Muppet world. emotional devastation time we have been gut stabbed we've been hung we've been marooned we've been pinned to the mast uh because we found out the shocker of the century our flag means death season three is allegedly canceled i say allegedly because i refuse to believe i am currently in the denial and bargaining stage of our amen amen (laughs) and Mm -hmm. An announcement that came unfortunately timed as this group of us have been planning the Our Flag Means Fan Fiction podcast for a few weeks now. And this week was, we were finally set to record it. And then we heard the news. And then I was in my depression robe <laughs> underneath my pillow fort for like <laughs> days upon days. Um, but we're going to carry on anyway, because regardless of what happens with the show, and I do believe it will get picked up eventually, uh, fan fiction lives on. And based on what's happening in our flag Twitter right now, uh, folks need fix more than ever. Uh, just today, like a few hours ago, Cobalt August on Twitter asked, is anyone even reading fix right now? And like, there were like 300 replies. <laughs> like, yes, we need it. We need fix. We absolutely need fix. So welcome to our inaugural episode of the Our Flag Means Fan Fiction podcast, where we're going to talk about the show, the characters, and our favorite Our Flag Means Death fix. This show is all about positivity, creativity, unseriousness, and ideas being generated. My intention is that after you listen to the show, your brain will be exploding with hundreds of new creative ideas, and you'll dive into your writing or your art or whatever you're doing, jazzed and pumped and ready to go. And if you aren't a writer yourself, this podcast will hopefully rekindle your love for the greatest series of all time and point you to all sorts of new fix that will leave you entertain laughing horny whatever what do you guys like to get out of your fix an e rating yes <laughs> yeah I, spice is always a good time you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say yeah. no to it <laughs> uh, we are all polite menaces here we talk it through as a crew we turn poison into positivity so no critique or criticisms here this is just about celebrating what we love and if there's something we less than love then we're just gonna not say anything about it but the reason that we all came together here is because of love i tell people that i have never ever loved a work of art made by humans as much as I love Our Flag Means Death. And my theory is that we are all drawn here together by a vortex created in the universe to bring down Warner Brothers Discovery. Sorry. I thought we weren't talking about things we don't like. Oh, oh, but the positivity is bringing down a major corporation. Um, that that's the positivity right there. No <laughs> one can say that that's a that's a bad thing. Burn I, it down. Burn it down. I got to introduce you guys at some point. I wrote all this stuff and then I'm like, I'm getting too late to um, introduce you guys. So I'm stoked to introduce everyone here tonight. We have it's going to be confusing because there's two people named Carly here. <laughs> we have Carly Del Sosevedra, who is Southern Hemisphere Carly. Shall we go by Carly D? I love that. It sounds like a drink. Hello, I'm Carly D. 
Yay. And Carly D is known as the founder of the WGA Fandom Love on Twitter and Our Flag Means Strike, which leveraged the Our Flag fandom during the writers and actors strikes and did all sorts of great things. What sort of what you accomplished so much this summer? What did you do this summer? What I did this summer, written by Carly D. S. (laughs) (laughs) The strike support was definitely the biggest thing, um, being able to and having the privilege of being able to get up there from San Diego every other week or so from the beginning of the writer strike through to the very last day of the actor strike was probably one of my most incredible experiences that I've had. And I've had a lot of fucking experiences. So. <laughs> <laughs> Lacey, you're going to love the introduction I wrote for you. So Lacey Bond is famous for making the Khan and Samba nipple video. Which... <laughs> You're welcome. (laughs) You are welcome. You are famous. Mm. Uh, Lacey, explain the Con and Samba nipple video just in case anyone doesn't know what that is. Okay, so I released that after the strike had closed because I didn't want to pull focus, right? But I was on the picket line outside of Warner Brothers, which is where where our flag show was made, uh, season one anyway, and... Khan and Samba both happened to be there, and so I caught them for a bit of a chat about the strike afterwards. But then, obviously, if you're familiar with all at all with the interview style of this cast, um, things can quickly branch out into random directions. So <laughs> we were discussing height differences and how Khan has always felt tall, which is where the this is the origin of like tall energy. Uh, Napoleonic energy, which was something Khan said came from, Um, but that despite always having felt tall, he was on this cast where there's so many big boys like Samba and Christian and, um, oh my gosh. Taika's pretty tall. Yeah. So and he was like, yeah, I'm used to being really tall, but like with all these guys, I, I stand up and he faces Samba and his eyes are eye level with so the upper third of Samba's torso, which is where the nipples reside. And so he's like, I'm nipple height with everybody. And then they devolved into a brief, <laughs> he devolved into a brief exploration of those and how that was still a good view. And that's the Con <laughs> O'Neill nipple video. And it's the reason I reached out to you and wanted to be friends with you because obviously I actually, I saw just the, pre- the preview uh, video of that, which was not, the nipple part but just like you were there when samba and khan were there and there was no reason for me to not be there i was in the office that day just because i'm in the office on tuesdays for no reason and i saw my friend uh brie uh sent me your photo or video of khan and samba and and she was like are you at warner brothers right now and i was like no in the office and she's like and i was like oh my god i can't believe i missed it and then i found you on 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 Facebook and this is what I do when I'm extremely jealous of people I'm like let's be friends (laughs) (laughs) we got so so much traffic on the temple of geek Instagram from those videos I was like so heads up guys um (laughs) get some new visitors I'm a contributor for (laughs) templeofgeek.com and I'm gonna be the host and face of the podcast this year Yay! Congratulations! Thank you. So I was doing, I guess this is a natural segue into, I was doing 
coverage of the strike for Temple of Geeks starting at Comic-Con because our main focal area is cosplay and fan culture and entertainment news in that order. And so I was like, hey, so our audience is really going to want to know with the promotional restriction that SAG-AFTRA has for its members and has, at that point, it was not clear, like, what level of requesting, but they were requesting that nobody else promote struck work, which is everything was struck work. <laughs> like 99% of what everybody consumes was struck because the major studios um, make all the content now. But my editor was like, well, there's this press junket. Uh, do you want to go to that? And so I hauled, what's the rating of this? Can I say? Ass? Oh yeah. You can say whatever you want. I hauled ass from uh, one end of the convention center hotels to like a hotel on the other end where the junkets were um and attended that in in loki cosplay yeah by the way i was like hi uh i have a question for the cosplayers who are very supportive of the artists uh i'm like trying to look as professional as possible but i'm wearing a version of loki that's like the 2019 loki shirt t-shirt that's like green and white and it says low key on it mm -hmm. and a hat that says trash that i've sewn gold horns on to <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So um, we were able to get a little bit of clarity on on that then. And then um, I was doing coverage of the picket lines themselves um, and interviewing folks for um, the Temple of Geek social media and stuff. Yeah, that's how I got super involved. And I happened to be at WB that day. And I was like, the corner of my eye, I spotted them. And I was like, those uh, guys, uh, those boys, <laughs> those pirate boys. I gotta talk to them. So, yeah, I did. And then there was a, there was a couple of videos that were. I think I ended up there's basically like three videos overall. Are you? Are you? By the way, are you wearing a depression robe right now? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Okay, so since this is a podcast, we have no one can to, see. We have to record it. Uh, Lacey is wearing a shirt that says "Gentlemen Pirates" and is wearing the signature depression robe, which is the pink uh, robe with the birds and the foliage on it, and yes. uh, wonderful. And Lacey has blue hair as well. And so, congratulations! Thank you for for being in character for this. You're welcome. Um, and Katie is the last person here. Uh, Katie Loopy Danger Frog, known as Loopy Danger Frog on AO3, is a narrator who does a lot of amazing podfics of our favorite, our Flag Means Death fan fiction. Katie, what have you been up to? Hi. Um, so literally right before this, I was actually just, uh, recording Wave Hello to the Void, which is Mix Maluska, um, Zachary Bosch and E. Favey, uh, a Mothman cryptid fic, which is very fun. Um, but, uh, nothing fun strike related. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, just trying to keep the collaboration alive in the, in the pod ficking section of the world. Awesome. So everyone is represented here today. We have lots to talk about. And I'm Carly Heath. I'm a writer in Los Angeles. And my claim to our Flag Means Death fame is this week, I <laughs> commented on David Jenkins' Instagram asking him if he could, I know he can't talk, he can't say anything, but if he could just maybe blink twice, if there's any chance our Flag Means Death could end up as a on another streaming service or as a movie. 
And what happened was that David liked that comment, but he did not like any other comments on that thread of comments. Uh, someone screenshotted the fact that that occurred. It went kind of viral on Twitter and the fandom sort of erupted over it. Uh, it was a glimmer of hope in an otherwise despairing time. And uh, people were saying, uh, Daddy sees us clowning, but he hasn't told us to stop. And that's when David Jenkins changed his Twitter bio and Instagram bio to Proud Pirate Daddy. Uh, so <laughs> that was me. And I uh, made, my, I'm, I'm like so happy because I made our flag uh, means death the fan crew weekly wrap up. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Um, but uh, you know, the, our flag, like uh, it bleeds out into so many other aspects of our life. Uh, I'm primarily, uh, for most of my day job, I write speeches and, uh, a great example is I was writing a speech for the World Economic Forum um, coming up on Tuesday, and I wrote it all about our flag means death. Uh, of course, I did not say our flag means death, but I feel like anyone who is, who is watching that speech will be like, is this about our flag means death? <laughs> because it's about the consolidation of media conglomerates and how we can potentially see a future where diversity and representation uh, is, is, is dying, is getting, you know, destroyed because these huge media conglomerates are just after things that are going to be franchises. And we're just going to see the dominant cultural narrative mirrored um, unless we do something, unless we, it can't continue this way because things are going to get really, really boring really fast if we just let every, all the media in the world be dominated by five companies, or maybe in this case, it's getting down to like three, right? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, so we got to switch into something really positive because I we can't go down the spiral of doom <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> That's my rule. It's positively only. So uh, quickly before we um, really start d diving into thick. Uh, what way, how are you going to celebrate when we find out that season three is actually happening after all? I'm going to get a drink. Going to get a drinking. Drink. Get a drink. Yeah, I want to go yeah. dancing. Yeah, dancing's a good one. Go do some gay dancing somewhere. My mm -hmm. my social media is going to be so annoying. I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My social media is going to be Steed Bonnet. It'll be 500 pictures of Steed Bonnet. On Twitter and Instagram, people are going to be unfollowing me left and right. I'm going to be so <laughs> We are talking about Izzy on this episode. We've been talking for weeks about this is going to be the Izzy episode where we delve deep into Izzy and why we love him. And I'll be the first to admit that my first watch of season one, I was a hardcore steed girl. And so... Steed was the character that drew me in and I did not like Izzy on my first initial watching, probably like the first 10,000 times I watched season one. And then probably on the, the, the second 10,000 times I watched season one, I was like, wait a minute. I actually kind of like Izzy. It's, he's, for me, he grew after multiple, multiple rewatches. 
and also following Con O'Neill on social media. Um, I, how, at what point did you realize uh, that Izzy was an awesome character and that you loved him? I mean, Con O'Neill is a gift. Like he's just- Con O'Neill is a gift. <laughs> Con O'Neill is a gift. Put that on a flag behind an airplane. <laughs> Skyride it on uh, Friday the nineteenth over the WB Studios. Oh, every time he posts a <laughs> selfie with his dog, dear God, Cooper Cooper may actually be the real gift if we're being honest. Not that Con <laughs> isn't a gift, but this is look. I'm a it's a Cooper Stan account in this house. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, right. By proxy, by proxy, <laughs> we'll Cooper is yeah. Connor, Connor yeah. <laughs> What was the moment for you that you were like, "Huh, this Izzy character"? I loved him from the first moment he hit the screen. The first time I watched it, like I think he's, he's just Scorpio. Like... I love that. <laughs> he's he <laughs> yes, <laughs> in a very Ed Ed centered Scorpio um I I enjoyed my my first meet as being just like super crabby like he was the perfect balance to like this extra fluffy silly world um because I I've I've met so many bitter and jaded queers over my lifetime <laughs> that like are perfectly encapsulated by this bitter and jaded little man who just like is a hissing little feral cat that I just want to pick up and squish and yeah <sighs> Loved him from the first. Talk he's like you. a little little scrumply blorbo, right? Like he's Friendly. a little cat. Um, <laughs> and I love him. Um, I think there's something to be said about like the first like actual moment that I loved him was his delivery of Izzy in response to Iggy. Um, <laughs> like I think there was something about it that I was like, you're the human in the Muppet world. Got it. <laughs> yes. Like it was literally that moment that I went, understood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I understand. Um, and from then on, I was you're the Michael Caine, the Tim Curry to our to our uh, to our Muppet Fest that we're about to embark on. Mm -hmm. so. Brilliant metaphor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of just like a slow thing. I didn't I would never been like I didn't have any strong negative feelings towards Izzy. I was just like, ah, the antagonist. OK, <laughs> got it. Mm. Um, but <laughs> just kind of through osmosis of fandom which includes fanfic and um cosplay because one of uh one of my friends that i made through the fandom is an izzy cosplayer um just kind of gradually and and obviously con o'neill because having such a ridiculously charismatic actor playing the character and who's who's also so active and engaging online and in panels and stuff um the confluence of those things um just kind of gradually, I was like, oh, cool. And then the big one with fanfic was Model Moth's Hell or High Water, which mm. is yes. a super long <laughs> and tragically unfinished for reasons that don't need to be delved into right now. But like amazing Izzy-centric fanfic mm. um, that just just did such a great job of like looking at his character. Because this thing's like 40, 50 chapters long. Um, gives him and this massive whole chapters. Massive. It's massive so chapters. well written. I've been reading fanfic a long time, and it's one of the best pieces I have ever written, uh, ever read. I wish I wrote it, but no, Moth wrote it, and I bless them for it. Um, and that was just kind of like, oh shit, like this is so well written, and so like it matches really well the characterization that we do see in the show for season one because it was written after season one. 
Um, and they've done some really amazing fix post season two where I'm just like, oh, I wish this is what we would get. But <laughs> get into that when we get into that. So I think it was hell or high water for me. Yeah, hell or high fair. water. Um, for those who are anyone who's listening who hasn't read that fic, it's extremely wonder it's very richly written almost like a historical fiction novel it feels like a literary historical fiction novel um it feels very it's very deep it's very baroque uh it's very there's a lot of emotion and angst and uh it's it's very much unlike anything that i've read in fan fiction yeah i want to sort of amend the unfinished bit Moth wasn't able to finish that fic itself, but they did actually provide a final chapter that had a synopsis of how it would end. And it was so good. I was like, oh my God, I would happily have read another 30 to 50 chapters of this if you'd been in a place where you could write it. But I'm so, I'm so happy that they did give us like the closure um, because of that. And another thing that this fic has is spice and it's so well written like the erotica in that fic is so good like the build-up the execution the energy is just like mm, chef kiss um i filter ex exclusively for e-rated fics on ao3 so i don't really read gen ever um but like that's that's my personal preference i know it's not everybody's that's a good no, rated e is my comfort zone <laughs> that's a good little segue um for everyone what's what what type of fix do you seek out when you're re reading? And then like, how do you go about finding those fix? Start with Katie. Um, So I am a little OCD. <laughs> so any wreck that I see that I think is interesting, I tend to um, bookmark on AO3. So in my, or not bookmark, I mark it for later. And then I actually pull all of my data to an Excel Um and track it in the Excel so that I can filter it that way, just because I don't, AO3's Ooh. filter system is fine, but it's not like my favorite thing. Um, so it's easier for me to just filter that way. Um, what I look for generally is your girl is a modern AU baby. I don't love living in canon land. Um, so that is pretty much the one of the prerequisites of mine. Not that I don't read canon, but um, I tend to read more modern or um, just AUs in general. Carly has um, seen the the depths of my my mm -hmm. spreadsheet problems. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> and I salute you, my friend. Salute you. She's mm -hmm. dirty in the sheets, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and Carly, I'll meet my mic to come laugh. <laughs> Carly, what's your approach to finding fix? And what do you look um, for? I kind of just run in there like a like a monkey on a crack and I just grab whatever like everybody else is <laughs> tossing my way and tear my way through all of it. Um my like my I love E. E is my favorite. Um rated fiction. Um and lately it's been well, it's it's been all Ed and Steed. Like just kind of like I just need them to be in love in every single universe all the time and I want I don't mind the angst like the angst is definitely part of the show so like it's, it's, it kind of drew me in but I just I need the fuckers to be happy <laughs> eventually and yeah that's that's my comfort zone and Lacey what's your what's your approach so you go for the e as well how do you find fix and how do you what, what's your approach to like reading them 
So I have two ways, both of, well, two and a half. Uh, mainly I go into whatever fandom it is. Um, I will use, I use Archive of Our Own almost explicitly. I've tried to use Wattpad, but I like can't get my account set up. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm 33 and I don't know how <laughs> Wattpad works. Um, so I'll filter for a ship that I like. Um, I am more of, I'm typically more of an in-canon uh, or canon compliant or missing scene type. Um, sometimes I like modern AU. It kind of depends who wrote it. I read a really great modern bakery AU with Obi-Wan. It was so good. Obi-Wan is my favorite. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Inappropriate <laughs> use of the force, by the way, as a tag on yeah. AO3. <laughs> One of the most primo tags. Anyway, so I'll, I'll filter by like relationship I want because... Uh, if you're not familiar with AO3, you can filter by rating, warnings, categories. Is it het? Is it gay? Is it quit? Like, um, fandoms, characters, relationships. You can include all kinds of stuff. Like, you can search for slow burn. You can search for enemies to lovers. There, it's it's very robust. Um, the the it's like Salesforce. I feel like because uh, I'm a corporate hoe. Uh, Salesforce is very <laughs> robust. It does a lot, but the usability is like a learning curve, and it's just sometimes is so much. So anyway, uh, I'll go in there and find what I like, which is typically, you know, canon compliant ish. Uh, and then once I find you know stuff that I like, I'll usually subscribe to an author. And then from there, I have a lot of subscriptions in my email. My email is basically just an AO3 bookmark dump. I have in there. Yep. And occasionally I have to go in and delete everything that's not E-rated because I'm sorry, I'm just not interested in that. Um, and there's no way to only sub to, to explicit rated stuff because um, there's explicit, mature, teen, and gen. And I just don't fuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> low in e-rating um i really like that you can sort by um the default is date updated on ao3 but i like to sort by kudos or comments because then you can see like what's popular um my favorite is oh the broom closet one uh the art the ed steed broom closet one that was a really early early oh, the close date, quarters close quarters yes, thank you very much I think Close Quarters is the one that brought me into fanfic. I was like, yeah, that was, was the first on, one I read. Yeah, I was in Facebook and it kept like, like not letting me in because I didn't have an AO3 account. So I got like the little teaser and I wanted more and it was like so fucking frustrating. And that's how I came into fanfic. Yeah, because I, I needed more smut. I want to know how all y'all got into fanfic. Well, I like years ago, I was really into X Files fanfic. And um, so that was a long time ago. And then I, you know, haven't been for years. And then um, our flag came along and I went to my went to Rosie, who will eventually be on the podcast. And Rosie was like, uh, you should read Close Quarters. <laughs> Everyone should read Close Quarters. Everyone. You don't even have to be in this fandom. Sometimes. Okay. And I was like, this is amazing. I love this so much. This is like the show, but it's, um, but it's like written down. And then there's like a little sexiness to it. So I, then I just started reading and then I just started writing my own and boom, like just the creative outpouring this year, this, just this summer, I wrote 120,000 words of fan fiction. Wild. 
just like in between like lunch breaks and whatever, get done with my work early, just going to write some fan fiction. And then boom, I basically wrote two novels worth of fan fiction. By the way, I am Yavid Jenkins on AO3. So Y-A-Y-V-I-D underscore Jenkins, like David Jenkins, but Yavid Jenkins. <laughs> my AO3 my- is the same as my Twitter, and I don't want nobody following me on Twitter unless okay, you're, you're done with uh, e-rating. But Loopy Danger Frog. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, no, please. i'm happy to share with personal friends my username and even my ao3 history but not not the general public sorry you have to you have to befriend me and win my approval first no yeah uh okay there's some very adult hoops you need to jump through (laughs) yeah that's true We want to talk about, um, get really deep into Izzy and talk about t- talk about Izzy and what we love. What do we love to see in our Izzy fix? Okay. I mean, I think what we saw in season three um, with just a growth, an arc, like a, redemp- a redemption arc of some kind. Because I see him like in season one as just like this broken, traumatized little feral critter that just needs to be understood. And I know that he's made some like really bad choices in season one. <laughs> that led to almost deaths of our people but like he needs fixing um and and i would i like to see that coming through yeah he's the screaming raccoon right like he <laughs> like <Possibly. laughs> yeah like like izzy i i think it's important in the fic that to me that izzy is not villainized and has some form of arc Unless he's serving a specific purpose to just be like, I'm grumpy, bah, bah, bah. and then that's fine with me, right? But like, if the, if it's like a centered on him fic, I don't want um, him in just villain town. Like, there is more depth to him than that. Yeah, I really loved what season two did with his showcasing Izzy's expertise as a sailor and that yeah. whole montage of him coaching Steed. I just loved it Ed, uh, sorry steed and izzy's relationship in season two made me so happy where i was just like these boys <laughs> like um izzy's opening up he's you know expressing respect um i man i wanted to see izzy sail away on the revenge mm-hmm. uh him and him and frenchy co-captaining um which moth wrote a couple of really <laughs> great pieces around that and they were scrumptious they're so <laughs> healing to my soul uh, this is me and delulu land may your all may all your delulu come true lulu because <laughs> i firmly believe there's gonna be a season three and izzy is gonna be in season three alive i am of the belief that izzy will crawl out of the grave um so. if, if you're for you guys, how do you foresee when there is a three? You know how I'm saying when there is a season? Yeah, obviously. How do you foresee is he showing up in season three? I'd like to think it was like a fake burial, and he's actually on the ship. The moth approach. Oh, I haven't read. I haven't read that one, but yes. Oh yes, shit! I'll, I'll run with it. I'll see myself out. <laughs> spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! I promise you, I want all of this. So, like, I will take every spoiler just to have more. So, keep it. Keep it going. <laughs> I am a big fan of Izzy crawling out of the grave and also a magical realism approach to Izzy coming back. I've written various season threes and I think my favorite is the Izzy spending time in the gravy basket thing. Uh, 
is he growing as a dead guy? <laughs> is he like, like um, learning things about life and death and having that life and death struggle and then coming back to life through a Buttons magical realism uh, sort of woo-woo way? And then uh, bringing his knowledge of the afterlife to the present life, but in his very crusty sort of way. And I love the idea. This is something I keep on repeating in all my season three fix is Lucius crawled out of the sea, but Izzy crawled out of the earth. And so they bond because Lucius survived water and Izzy survived dirt. And they're, they have a special connection now. And that, like that fills my heart with so much joy. I would love to know, this is a, a big derailment, but I would love to to know like what you think everyone's astrology sign is. Oh, I feel I, like you have strong opinions on that. Yeah, because I'm so, you, you guys know I have the Astrology of uh, Terrible Things podcast. I'm really big into astrology. I, I think that Steed is a Libra. Maybe it's because I have a bunch of planets in Libra and I'm like, I am Steed. Steed is me. Uh, uh, I think uh, Ed is a Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucius is a part of me is like Gemini part of me is like Virgo uh kind of I kind of lean towards Virgo Lucius uh um Virgo, he, I support this <laughs> is he is, is a I feel like a cancer <laughs> like with like mm. with like his moon in Scorpio or something um, or his moon in Aries. Uh, 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 okay. What, who I went through. Okay. Uh, who am I missing? <laughs> like I'm missing a bunch of, Oh, Pete, Pete, Pete is, um, Pete, Pete. Uh, gosh, he's got Sagittarius. Uh, he's, he does that Sagittarius vibe to little wanderlust. Um, he's got the he's got the Mercury in Sagittarius, which is the big talker, <laughs> you know, the like the, you know, yeah, big talker, uh, Roach, Taurus, because um, uh, Tauruses love their food, uh, da, 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 Frenchie, Frenchie, um, Pisces. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Did I miss everyone? Um, Jim. Oh, buttons, buttons. Oh, buttons has is a Pisces too. <laughs> um, yeah, and, Jim and Olu. Oh, Jim, uh, Jim. That's a tough one, right? Jim. <clears throat> um, hmm. I mean, part of me wants to go Scorpio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just feeling me. Uh, an Olu, Olu. Uh, hmm. Cancer, like either a Cancer. Or a Capricorn. You guys, big water signs. Yeah, big water sign. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you also see that like water sign energy from Olu? Yeah, I could also kind of get Taurus vibes from him because he's a little grounded. Yeah, little grounded baby, like calm, good calm energy. Yeah. The Capricorn in that, like, he's who would make a really good manager, but, uh, but. Capricorns are always all the Capricorns I know they're very like 
climb the ladder sort of people. And Olu is the opposite of that. Olu's like, no, which also makes me think Virgo because Virgos are very much like, here's what we need to do to get the thing done in the very logical way. Here's like how I can be supportive in this, but like, I'm not going to be the center of attention. If we had our dream uh, season three, uh, what five things would you love to see Izzy do? So I think there's like the beauty of him whittling in the season mm. um, as his like kind of emotional, like, I'm going to take this out on this piece of wood instead of everyone else. <laughs> That's such um, a Scorpio thing. I, yeah. I think that like, I would love to see him embrace like crafting like does he go to wee john and learn to knit like we see him go to wee john to do drag does he learn to knit does he go to roach and does he like learn to cook like does he put his like whole pussy into being the the like best at everyone else's jobs now because he's already mastered his job i think would be like a fun like twist with his like aggression energy still in there you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. to put it but put it into like like very light-hearted things trauma because creative projects help them through their trauma as I love that I love him being extremely competitive about the crafting him and Jim really really get into it Mm. I'd love to see off or something (laughs) exactly (laughs) I was gonna say I'd love to see him and Jim like have a scene together where they're Mm. both fighting with knives Um, maybe them teaching each other something because Jim and Izzy don't have a ton of scene like I don't think they have one scenes together which is wild because in the BTS videos that we get like those no. two are just like just daddy and poppy <laughs> yeah peanut butter <laughs> and jelly <laughs> so ugh, I, I love I love seeing the relationship between those two actors it's like mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially like just like completely different generations and different backgrounds because cons you know from the uk vico grew up here i love the idea of contrast so i always love the super grumpy character with like the super tiny little thing or like the super feminine and we haven't yet seen any super super feminine women on the show at all and i wrote in like my own kind of season three fic season three I wrote Steed had to had to get a crew together to go after the revenge um so he got together like a bunch of people who are working at a brothel um so a bunch of women who are working at a brothel to crew his ship as he went out to uh, go chase after the revenge and so Izzy has to teach the crew of women how to be a pirate crew and he's very post-death, you know, he's experienced death, he's back. Um, so he's very gentle with them and he's very encouraging. And I would love to see Izzy being patient and gentle, a little crusty still, still crusty, but patient, <clears throat> gentle and encouraging with like women, very feminine women or a baby or like a small child or like mm. a little animal. You know, and so you get that contrast. Which I still want to see Izzy uh, with like, you know, the crispy bits at the edges. Um, and I think I've been thinking a lot about like how uh, there are just a lot of kids cast throughout both season one and season two. Like they're just kind of um, 
yeah, kind of beginning of life kind of um, like touch bases and all of that. So I would love to see him in season three, just be almost like, just like that crusty uh, school counselor that you love as like a queer kid or a different kid in the school that like, like I want to see him sitting around with like a bunch of like equally angry emo kids, all just like grumbling about <laughs> life together, but they're all like you know, <laughs> 13 and 12 years old. And he's like, yeah, no, you fucking, you got, you, you nailed that one. That's exactly how life is right now. <laughs> Who is Izzy when he has a group of friends? Who is um who is Izzy in a romantic relationship? Yeah. Who is Izzy when he's just like on his downtime? Like these are all the questions that could lead to so many hilarious scenes and answers. And something that I've realized writing so much Izzy season three is it's extremely fun to write Izzy after he has died and he has come back. And he is a different person. He's he's the same person, but he's he knows stuff now. And I hope that the writers on the show realize just how fun writing post-resurrection Izzy is. <laughs> that would be so cool. I mean, we already have post-resurrection Ed and Buttons in the show, so in a way already resurrection lucius and season right. lucius is like the best character mm. i love that transformation so much we'll we'll save all that discussion for the lucius episode that we're gonna do what would we like to see con o'neill get a chance to do just yeah. more of more, more work for con Put him in everything. Put him yeah. in. I wrote a little pilot, uh, comedy pilot. Uh, you know, it's like a Bridgerton sort of comedy thing. And uh, so I have a character who's a stable boy, a uh, former, former sex worker, stable boy who's afraid of horses. And he's too old to be a stable boy, but, but that's the job that he had to get. And he's eventually going to have a romance with the Duke. Um, but I'm like, Con O'Neill is going to play this character in my pilot someday oh, i love <laughs> this, it this mid-50s stable boy who's afraid of horses who's grumpy um who's trying to make the best of his life yeah this is an amazing romance novel setup <laughs> yeah truly he, just season two gave him such an incredible like range to be yeah. able to explore so i think that the writers really like worked hard to showcase con o'neill through season two in like the the depth of the character that he embodies but like that full range of all of the human emotions <laughs> yeah he did such give the man an job. emmy oh really that this is this season were so good mm -hmm. he deserved all the awards golden all the awards it was shocking that <sighs> that didn't happen um are I, we next emmy cycle uh yeah for i think for the okay. emmys it's next year but but I it think, would have been this globe globe yeah i yeah. think of how kind of the awards work is it really is up to the companies if they want to push a actor for right. an award. Um, mm -hmm. and if the company doesn't want to push an actor for an award, no, no matter how much the audiences love that actor, that it won't happen, which is awful. So adding that to the Zaslav shit list, is that what we're doing? <laughs> Um, so my uh, Izzy fic that I wanted to shout out, not mine, it's someone else's, I, two things. So get, get thinking about your Izzy fics that you want to shout out. So I uh, am, I loved Talk It Through Without the Crew, which is a very, very short, like a thousand word um, little fic 
by uh, by Sappho was right on on AO3, and this is a delightful, extremely short fic where Lucius has tried to talk about what he's been through with Pete and others, and they can't handle it. Um, so Lucius has been hanging out by himself on the ship and Izzy just comes over and sits down next to him. And I'm like, and that moment when I got to that like moment, just that little moment in the fic where Izzy just sits down next to Lucius, I'm like, oh, I would love to see this on the show. Uh, it's, and they just, Lucius is, or is he still crusty? Is he just, Izzy and Lucius have a little conversation and I'm like, this is, I see this. I love this. I love this moment. I love that Lucius gets to have this healing that he really didn't get to have on the show. He didn't, mm -hmm. there wasn't really any closure as far as what Lucius has been through. And he, where like he got to fully like have a therapeutic cathartic healing from all that. And it's going to take a long time, obviously, but I think um, season three, I, I would love to see, you know, the crew kind of assemble around Lucius and like actually like make an effort to heal him through his trauma. But here Izzy does it and Izzy uh, does it in his crusty way and it's wholesome and I love it. Um, my other little fic that I want to talk about is uh, Ruthie was going to be on, but Ruthie's going to be on next week. Uh, Ruthie, when the announcement dropped in a just a you turning poison into positivity ruthie wrote this spec script of like her version of the finale and it which includes a marriage scene for seed and ed and izzy is a ghost in the spec script so this is um ruthie's spec finale i think it's called holy metalog is that how you pronounce it metalog uh it's metalitage but okay, thank you for pronouncing that. Say that again. <laughs> I'm gonna check, but I think it's Matelotage. Okay. I'm gonna Google it. Ate a lot. Pronounce it. <laughs> Pronunciation <laughs> in English. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. While you're guess. Googling, how amazing is it that the show brought us like the concept of um whatever this is pronounced as, like to the world? Like who like that would have been lost to history if it weren't for like David Jenkins and a Wikipedia page and his wife, like in encouraging yeah. him to look it all up and bring it to us exactly not just you know steed bonnet and blackbeard romance but also the concept of pirates getting married love it so so yeah it, uh ruthie uh ruthie hansen wrote this amazing spec script that went viral on twitter and it's like a finale and it's brilliant i love it i love how izzy shows up at it as a ghost and he's crusty and he says this great line this is what rosie and i um so so i saw the script and i was like uh this is great i'm gonna bookmark it when i have time to read this and but like an hour later <laughs> rosie uh sent it to me and they were like uh, you have to read this. And I'm like, I know I'm going to. And then after I read it, there's a line in this script that is that has Izzy saying, be good to him, you frilly little cunt. Like he says that to Seed. And I was like, that is the best line. And I copied and pasted that to Rosie. And uh, ah, 
I, anyway, I love it. I highly recommend you guys read Rosie, uh, Ruthie Hansen's wonderful spec script. Okay. And so what are you guys shouting out? Wait, pronunciation? Metalletage. 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 Like metal-a-tage. Okay. Metalletage. What's <laughs> more for the ASMR release? I was going to say, <laughs> I just need you making a whole video now. <laughs> just queer vibe. <laughs> I just, I, I have, I mean, the, the fix I shouted out earlier, um, Holler High Water, Safe Hands mm. and Good Hands by Model Moth. Like, Moth is the king, the queen. Safe the Hands sovereign. and Good Hands. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I have a couple of links that I'm about to send in our chat, um, not in Zoom, but in our other chat. Okay, cool. Yay. Awesome. Can we shout out more than one? Yeah, that's what list. we're doing. We're shouting them okay. out. Yes. So um, the top one I want to bring up is Would You Worship Gravity, which yes, is I started in, reading it. It's very it's, good. It's an airline AU, um, uh, Steady Hands, which I think is an important breed for Izzy Fix, especially mm -hmm. if we're talking explicit. Um, and also Trans Izzy, which I think is an important reference, um, as so many Fix uh, have uh, Izzy as a trans character that it's gotten to the point where when I read Izzy and it's not he's not trans in the fic i'm like wait what <laughs> like Love it's it. just become Love canon um so that is bite the hands um to the lonely sea in the mm. sky by zai the spar is um by the spar zai the sparry is amazing um that is a canon steady hands fic also it's post season one um I want to call out the Jawbreaker series by Little Seahorse, which is um, a not common trope fic. So it's um, Stone Butch uh, Izzy and uh, Femme Lucius, which is like a delightful little fun flavor. Uh, Believe to Love Her is another canon fic um, Oops High Date by Oops High Daisy. Um, and that is also post season one. Um, and it is pretty much Ed and Izzy coming to terms with what their relationship could be in light of Steed mm -hmm. being present. Mm -hmm. And then uh, High and Lonesome, Hard and Strong, I would like to call out by Curio Cabinet. Um, so that is part of the To Steed This Morning universe, um, mm -hmm. which is um, <laughs> To Steed This Morning is um, kind of like a Johnny Cash AU with Ed and Steed. Um, uh, Izzy and Jack are together in that fic, which we love. We love Jacked hands. Yeah. Um, and so uh, High and Lonesome, Hard and Strong is um, a little one shoot off of them. But I think um, Curio Cabinet does a really great job exploring sad boy Jack in in light of Izzy um, being noncommittal because he's in love with Ed. So, um, yeah, so that's some of some of my faves. I actually had it. An overall, like, I don't know if it's a philosophical thought, but mm, like, love that philosophical. I have like an overall thought about Izzy yeah. that came up. Okay. So if you, if you're at all familiar with the therapeutic concept of like family systems or systems therapy, mm. everything's interrelated. You're on a wheel among all the people like in your relationships or in your, in your crew, whether it's family, friends, associates, things, people in close relationships. What I really love seeing in fanfics is, 
the Ed Izzy Steed triangle coming to like having having been healed because rupture and repair is is a huge part of interpersonal relationships, especially intimate relationships with which Ed and Izzy had for like a solid decade before Steed entered the picture. And then a lot of stuff happened. So I really love to see the rupture and repair cycle illustrated in fiction, which again, Model Moth does really well. Like Model Moth clearly understands trauma and has done a really good job with Helen Hell or High Water, particularly like writing trauma healing. Yeah. Um, but I, I love to see the system, a healed system. Um, like what where... it looks like with all three of them healed. Yeah. And it's something that I... I really would have liked to see in season three because Izzy can retain his, his crustiness and his opinion that he's like, yeah, Steve, like, I think you're a frivolous little silly guy sometimes, but like, I also respect you. And I love seeing that in a lot of fanfics that I read Izzy in. Another good one is um, don't tell mama. It's like a, it's like a um, fire, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, A lot of modern AUs will have Izzy as like, Ed's manager and he's like kind of a dick but you like see that like okay he does legit care about Ed and he's like he is trying to protect him it's just manifesting in a way that is um maladaptive and so I like it when it goes from the maladaptive to the adaptive and then they're happy and that's why (laughs) I don't care if it was narratively fulfilling to have Izzy die I want a healed system yeah (laughs) makes me happy yeah (laughs) That's what I like seeing. I just realized that as we were talking, because that's ruminating. This is is where we want to go with these conversations. Because Ed got to say things to Izzy in the death scene that I think were really good. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that necessarily means that Izzy has to be dead. Uh, I think it would be Mm -hmm. much more exciting and much more fun uh, and much more opportunity for there's so much Izzy can still do that would be really, really interesting and funny and amazing and cool uh, post-death, post-resurrection. Or even if- Biblical. Up until the moment where it was like the past the point of no return, when he was like giving Steed shit, where he's like, of course I'm going to die now. I'm like, haha, that's funny because they're not going to kill you. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I really thought the genre would buck. The most compelling case I've seen for sunsetting Izzy as a character is that Khan is too expensive. And it's just from a casting and capitalism perspective. And I was like, I hate that. But it makes more sense than half the reasons I've heard. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't believe I don't that. I don't believe that. <laughs> because David took Khan out to dinner, like to t- break the news and... And Khan seemed genuinely upset. And I feel like Khan would do, would take whatever page cut if necessary to keep on playing Izzy. Valid. Yeah. Um, Especially yeah. the, the fan. He, he's, he is on the side. He's of the a fan. huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He is on our side. So I feel like he would do whatever it takes for us. And he knows that Izzy is an important character. Just he's bring so Izzy back. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's established in the show that there's so many ways for Izzy to come back. Buttons yeah. can turn into a bird. 
one, it hasn't even been that long. Izzy could easily crawl out of the grave. It could be funny. There could be a whole thing. There could be a, like, you damn it, you're supposed to wait three days. I could yeah. see shouting that. Um, I could see like the horror on Ed and Seed's face. I could also see <laughs> that. They're just eating breakfast one day and just like <laughs> a fist out of the ground in the front yeah, garden. As he shows up on the rumbling porch, earth, like, raining off the yeah, He's like, surprise twats. <laughs> Wait, did you say the fist coming up with the finger already up? Like, <laughs> I didn't, but I like that better. It's got to wiggle out of the ground first. <laughs> and here's the thing. He has, this is the other really thing that that's fun to write as hell is he is very injured because he has that bullet wound. So he is going to need a little while to recuperate. And so Izzy in bed in Ed and Steed's shack while Steed takes care of Izzy. And say hurt comfort? I know, right? (laughs) And Steed brings him these elaborate pastries and beverages on a little frilly little trolley cart. And, um, and... You know, of course, he's going to put like Izzy on their bed. And so then Steed and Ed are like having to sleep on various pieces of furniture around. And they're also horny. So they're kind of like, oh, we can't like do anything while Izzy's here. So they're like keeping up their like their pent up sexual frustration um, that's kind of blossoming (laughs) while they're taking care of Izzy, uh, which can lead to a lot of hilarious moments and the fact that buttons is still there as a bird and he's like pecking on the window occasionally (laughs) like just checking in and izzy being like crusty and angry and steed like nurturing him and then eventually izzy just having to realize like i'm just gonna have to lay here and let steed fucking bonnet take care of me and nurse me back to hell (laughs) love it so many things. Steed fucking bonnet. I'm alive because of Steed fucking bonnet bringing me tea. We secretly fucking loves the tea. I'm just I'm just keep going back to like a moment where Izzy has to let himself be uh, cared for. <laughs> like like and just has to like accept being cared and nurtured. Um, I would I, I would love to see how Khan handles that scene. And I think he would do it brilliantly. I just like the idea of um, kind of Izzy patting around and like the softest of socks and big oversized soft sweaters and holding a cup of tea and just having I, a peaceful little life. So I, I think Khan would be fun with that. I love that. I'd love to see him on the crew of the new Revenge being a kick-ass first mate and like I again, I have no idea where that season three uh, spec slash fic script went because I still need to read it. But like it following up on the thread of where season two left off with like, I would love to see the revenge helping. I can never remember how to pronounce her name because it's so close to three other Chinese names that I'm close with. Ching Shi. Right. Madam Ching. The anglicization of that word is mixed at best but like avenging her whole fleet yes. and getting back at ricky and the british and like having the new revenge do that and having mm-hmm. izzy in the context of that like seeing him get to be a leader who's competent and you know continues to love the crew that we had the whole like 
moment with in season two. Um, I'd love to have a moment of him like like saving Steed mm-hmm. um, because like again, but more directly or because um, like because they're all part of the system and their crew and like their crew and they love each other and he cares about both him and Ed and it's not just begrudging anymore. Like I'd love to see mm. that. Love this. Cool. And maybe just like he decides to buy a new outfit at some point. Ooh, yeah. like you know what i'm kind of done with with the black leather thing i've survived i've seen death i've been there i want to see what izzy looks like when he's in he goes into a shop and he's like i want a different set of clothes and then he has to stand there and get the tailor to measure him and put him in something else what color does he pick what fabric does he pick i'm learning so much about you right now and i need to talk to you about a starian from Baldur's gate three Wait, what? You, you you want you want a character who who has to accept care? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'll tell you about Astarian. Okay, <laughs> off podcast. Well, okay, what's Astaria? Is that like a Astarian is a character in Baldur's Gate three? Oh, I okay. I, I haven't done. I, I'm not a gamer. I'm sorry. It's just this character has kind of transcended that genre oh, wow. to the point that like people who don't even game are into it. Oh. Um. I am I am out of the loop. I'm sorry. Okay, I can I'll give you a full rundown. Okay, give me point. a full rundown. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. He, he's he's very traumatized and he can't really accept that anyone could care about him. Um so there's a lot of fanfic <laughs> about Astarian ex- accepting care and love. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I also have another wreck. It's a little um yes. dark and a little spicy. It's super spicy. Um, not everyone's cup of tea, but it's um an Izzy Fang series Aww. called Teddy Bear Hugs, um, which um Fang we we soft dom Izzy into accepting who who they are. Um, so um, throwing that out there for for your love of Izzy uh, accepting care, I love and that. Fang in the softest of doming. Yeah. Sweet thing. <laughs> yeah. Aww. And then real quick before like we go move too far away from the fix, um, ochre resin and light. Yes. By, um, Only one day is one of my favorite steady steady hands fix out there as well. Can you give us a little pitch for that? It is, and maybe Katie, you can back me up on this one because it's been a minute since I read it. But um, uh, it's a, a the relationship of Ed and Izzy like 20 years in or something like that. And they're just kind of like in a little bit of a routine, a little bit of a rut and um, finding like magic through um, re uh, like fixing up paintings through museum and the work that they do being the best at their, in their field. Mm-hmm. That's that summarizes it. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's very good. So what switching gears to personal stuff, what are you guys up to this week? I, well, I'll, I'll go like straight up personal stuff for me. Um, <laughs> the day of, the day after the whole cancellation announcement, I just happened to have a doctor's appointment. And uh, my doctor was like, you're, so you're extremely depressed, uh, according to the survey. And I'm like, who is <laughs> <that?"> <laughs> And she's like, well, actually a lot of people aren't. And I'm like, how? <laughs> Sounds fake. 
sounds fake. How yeah. I cannot imagine fake news. What it's like <laughs> to be a person, a human being in this world, and not be depressed. Jesus, <laughs> and uh, like, are you not paying attention? <laughs> um, but th- this doctor seemed very like uh, non-player character. Like I was like, wow, I'm just like not relating to anything that you're saying to me right now. Uh, um, so we talked about meds, and so I got a uh, prescription, and I'm I so I have you know the pill bottle on my counter, and I'm I'm a little scared of taking it. Um, Cause I, that was something I told her, I'm like, I am a creative person. My job is creativity and I do not want to risk numbing myself to my feelings because my mm-hmm. feelings are what I do. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, that's how I do my thing. Um, but I could use focus cause I have been very unfocused lately. So, but the, you know, on the bottle, they're like, if you have suicidal thoughts, you know, then stop taking this and go to the ER. I'm like, well, that's scary. Keep an eye on it. Keep a, I mean, maybe keep a journal of just like general mood for the day. So yeah. You can, so you can keep, keep track of it. Um, yeah. I've been doing the calendar, like making a smiley face. On, well, not a lot of smiley faces lately, but making <laughs> make a frowny face when it's a bad day and I'm making a straight face if it's just kind of a, a day. Um, yeah. Mostly it's straight face, frowny face day <laughs> in my life over here. I, I, I found personally, it varies from person to person, um, that it it does help quite a bit with mood. And Wellbutrin tends not to dull feelings to the That's same good. extent that other drugs in that class do. Um, like Cymbalta will dull your feelings. It'll just take the edges off of everything, which it can, you know... It's, it's just a balance of weighing that with the other, like the effect with the side effect. How about the world just change? <laughs> how about the, how about we just, honestly, I, I wouldn't need to take anything if we could just do away with capitalism. If we could cure late stage capitalism. If we could just uh, end no. capitalism, just like guillotines for billionaires, done, yeah. you know, CEOs, mm-hmm. anyone making over like a million dollars, we're done. It would just get, you know, you have to distribute your wealth to the to the masses. No one's poor and homeless anymore. Bam. Yeah, I think it's a, the riding my bike to work and seeing all the people who don't have homes and all the all the uh, just the uh, sad, sad people in the world. And you, this does not need to be happening in the 21st century. I love the, the, I can't remember the words of the meme exactly, but the one where like you get to, you know, $1 short of a million or a billion dollars and you just, you know, you get a plaque that says you win capitalism. We name a small park after you. And then um, everything post almost $1 billion goes to charity, like goes to building up our society again, because outside of that, like you're just sitting on it, like fucking a dragon on gold. You don't need it. (laughs) I saw it. I saw another meme that was like, it's surprising that billionaires don't just solve climate change for the for the narcissism of it wouldn't you love just the narcissist claim like i saved the world i i i solved climate change uh that's my claim to fame i saved the world you can you can you know tout that you can give yourself the nobel peace prize fantastic but just do something good even for narcissistic reasons billionaires who listening 
<laughs> in the meantime, I'm taking meds to avoid um, having too many feelings about the state of the world right now. And oh, uh, what? But I support uh, you in that decision and just mm -hmm. keep us posted about how it yeah. goes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Feel oh. free to message me at four in the morning if you can't sleep because I'm probably awake. Cool. Actually, I usually wake up at like about four in the morning and I start writing. Um, so I bet I'm a go to bed at nine type of person. Just uh, know that it's going to disrupt your sleep schedule for okay. a while and then it will even out. Okay, cool. Good to know. Good to know. Cool. So, um, so yeah, and, cr and creatively I am writing more comedy pilots. That's what I'm doing. I'm just like writing 30 minute comedies. That's wh where my brain is at the moment. So we'll see what eventually happens. What's going on with uh, you guys? I have uh, calls about my disability status with my doctor and my yeah. HR benefits. I'm on long-term disability. I've been that is awesome. I, yeah. I hope more people can go on long-term disability and are able to. I think that's important. I, think I do too. More available I mean, and I think more people need to go on it. And you've been yes. fighting for that just for a while. So yay. Yay for fighting. Oh, I've, I've been on... Yeah, it's an ongoing saga. I what right now, honestly, my goal is to hopefully secure the possibility of not losing my job because I'm outside the FMLA protected range. Mm. FMLA only protects your job for 12 weeks, after which your company can eliminate your position. Mm. Um, and it gets a little squishy around whether that's discriminatory or not. But mm. um, I work for a large company with a lot of legal resources. So uh uh yeah we're i'm working on uh figuring that out i have chronic hand pain uh katie i think you're the only one here that hasn't encountered that with me so working on a computer is very challenging and assistive tech is also challenging so bad it's not good it's so bad yeah <laughs> oh, trying to rely on it and then being like yeah no i can't actually do that thing because you can't make a powerpoint it doesn't without work. using yeah. your hand like I can't do right. that. Yeah. Like the, the muscles work. I can move the mouse and I can click it, but it's going to hurt me. It's a whole fucking thing. Um, and that's why I'm trying to uh, pivot over a little bit into developing other skills like podcast yeah. hosting. And hey, I'm proud of you. Thank I'm you. proud of you for journalism for you because I love every interview you've ever done. So please yes. continue. You're a great journalist. You're great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Man, none of you are BG3 fans, so I can't brag about this thing. <laughs> I mean, you uh, can. I just I mean, don't yeah. know what you're talking about, but you're more than welcome to brag <laughs> oh, about someone, it. Oh, someone who I, a voice actor that I were, that I interviewed somewhat recently that I met through the strikes, um, reached out to ask if, you know, if my outlet would be interested in a, a project that she she's putting together. And she's like, yeah, it's going to be me, Neil Nuba, and this other person. Neil Newbin is the voice of Astarion, and Astarion is like everyone's fucking meow meow right now because <laughs> Neil is such a great voice actor. Mm -hmm. um, someone else from Temple of Geek got to interview him at the Game Awards, and I was so jealous um, because, like, oh, his work with Astarion is so good. And so I just, I, I can't express to you how fucking rad this is. Like, yo, you had me at Neil Newbin. I mean, I'd be interested in this project anyway, but like, um he's rad and he's he's very sweet when he's interviewed um and just like the breakout success of that character was really cool i think he got a big award in the game the game got like game of the year and he got an award at the game awards and 
had a very sweet acceptance speech and everything. So I'm just like, oh, I would be so stoked. I'm so happy for you that you get to have that experience. Thank and, you. Yeah, yeah, it's a really it's a really cool short film concept about um, the Malleus Maleficarum, the the witchcraft book, um, and the yeah. Well, so I'll keep you posted about you know what's going on with that because right now I think it's it's in con- uh, conceptual stage, but yeah, I'll be I'm gonna talk more with Temple of Geek this week about how to do the podcast this year because I have some ideas for like regular cadence getting guests integrating our film reviews because we have that as a regular feature that I'm like okay we could do like every other week maybe review and then me and then we all get a bank of of interview guests so if there's people that you want to see on a podcast tell me and I can see if I can get them as a guest restart me please Um, uh con o'neill Starby. Um, I'd love to get them on the pod. Yeah. Or all um, of us. You could do a, you could do a podcast about our podcast. You could do a podcast about fanfic. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, a begin a, an intro guide to fanfic would be cool, especially like the usability features of AO3, because it is mm-hmm. very cool. Like oh. come from the fanfic.net days mm-hmm. and yeah. the like decentralized, like <laughs> of menandelves.com council of elrond.net like my og days of fanfic yeah actually i have a concept now okay i have a concept we're gonna do just like an episode about fanfic and i do want to delve into how each of us got into it originally because like for me like my first fanfic was like lord of the rings 2003 my first spicy fanfic i stumbled across aragorn and legolas (laughs) nice nice yes I was like, so, I was like, what is this? Because I'm like, I grew up super Christian, super fucking Christian. Christian school, oh, my wow. whole, my whole career. Graduated wow. from Biola University. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Top three most conservative schools in the country. Right up there with Liberty and Bob Jones. We weren't allowed to wear spaghetti straps, you guys. Yeah. Wow. College students. It we is had a, a distraction. Heaven forbid your collarbone show. <laughs> your brothers in Christ. I'm like, my brothers in Christ on the cross country team are running around in nothing but tiny, tiny shorts. Like, do you think that doesn't stumble me? Oh, I'm a woman and I don't have a sex drive. <laughs> Not until you're married. And even then, only one required. <laughs> I did my senior thesis at, at school on on uh, how the silence around sexuality was a problem for women can't believe i got an a oh wow at the christian school you did that good for you yeah the assignment (laughs) was to do a a counterculture everyone like expressed something counter to the dominant american culture i was like watch me do something counter to the christian culture at this (laughs) i i i conducted primary research i worked with a sexuality educator who had this like heartbreaking index card box full of questions that she'd gotten from like girls at like youth groups and just like Mm. so much lack of information and mm-hmm, under education mm-hmm. and um yeah so i basically did like from a biblical worldview of why that was a problem the number of chapels i went to about like men and their sexuality struggles right. and just, god i'm so glad i'm not a christian anymore yay we i don't know, so I, don't know if I can publish that 
No, it's great. <laughs> I'm so much happier now, though, you guys. I am so proud of you. I mean, it's like I I have the same thing, Laura, where I was chasing heterosexuality for whatever so long. And I'm like, I am so happy that I that I woke up and I I I realized I was not a heterosexual. Oh, like, you know, it, it and I'm so proud of you for realizing that you're not Christian. And when people like break out of the the brain, the the brain, what is it? Cognitive dissonance? Oh, <laughs> brain fog? <laughs> brain, brainwashing? Brainwashing? Why did I, why couldn't I Programming. think brainwashing? I, I, I wanted to say like brain cloud. Like, that's not the right word. Uh, <laughs> I, when people break out of their own brainwashing, it's, um, it's so, I, I celebrate you. I, congratulations. I mean, that's a lot because a lot of people will be all the way in their fifties or sixties and then realize, wait a minute, I have been married for 40 years to someone who is extremely boring and my life is kind of boring, but I'm too afraid to break out of it. So anyway, I think it's just really important. Look, I'm feeling really attacked right now, and I need. No, to no, <laughs> you, Carly, you broke out of it too. Nope. We all, it seems like, in a little way, broke out of our, um, you know, our things that were restriction to restrictive, you know. And you weren't married for forty years. Twenty-seven, but you know yeah. what? Whatever. <laughs> Today's <laughs> standards that might as well be forty. Be a hundred for. Yeah. <laughs> I was mostly, I was actually just thinking of like other people who I'm like, oh, wow, you're going to be married forever and you are not happy and, but you're just going to stay married because that's what you do. And that's sad, you know, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Katie. So everyone has talked about what, what things they've broken out of Katie. What have you broken out of in your life? Oh man. Um, I would probably argue that the sexuality trope, um, I'm now an openly bisexual. Yes! Welcome to the team. Thank you. And I think um, the show kind of, we were on the journey and the path to get there already, but the show kind of was like, no, nah, just rip the bandaid and like talk about it to people in real lifetime, you know? Yeah. We haven't talked, what we haven't talked about is what the show means to each of us because it has affected our lives in profound ways. I say it changed my brain chemistry and it made me, um, it rewired my DNA. Uh, so Lacey, how has it changed you? How has it affected you? Ooh. I mean, it brought me to some really wonderful people. Like I've made some great friends through this show. Um, I think that would be the main way. And I love it when a show is so beloved by people that like, you just have like so many fun conversations about things that you wouldn't uh, that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise in just kind of like a, I don't know, a casual relationship. It's like something that pulls people into each other. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I really love. Yeah, yeah, good, legit. Alrighty, uh, so we are going to wrap things up, uh, guys. It's tough out there, so everyone focus on self care. I say to all the pirates, my DMs are open if, as long as you're not a creep. My DMs are open. We can talk about things. I, I'm always happy to heal people over the show. Um, but we, we also got to fight. Uh, renew as a crew on Twitter and Instagram. They're doing yes. a whole whole renew campaign. So they follow- got 5,000 signatures. <laughs> Something like no, ridiculous. 50,000. No, 50,000. No, today. Oh, just today. today nice. They yeah. are change.org got 5K. Oh, yeah. 
four and a, four and a half thousand. They're at forty eight thousand signatures right now. They That's got four thousand six hundred thirty five signatures today. Yeah. So that's it's keep going. Keep yeah, keep pushing going. it. Yeah. Uh yeah, Daddy Jenkins is behind us. Uh he said so in his way that he can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh so there's lots you could do. You know, you can comment on all of Max's uh social media posts that they do to say, please renew our flag means step. And you can donate to things and you can also just follow the socials of, on Twitter and Instagram uh, to, for more ideas on things that you can do to help renew the show. And until next time, next time we'll either be talking about Roach or Lucius. I haven't decided who, but whoever. And if you want to be on a future episode and talk about a specific character and fix that you like, just DM me and we'll have you on the show. So. Any final words, guys? Be kind. Be kind. Be polite menaces, but be menaces. Be polite menaces, but be menaces.